Welcome to the Better Man Podcast, a podcast with one goal to help men improve their lives, improve their mental health, and help them achieve more, be happier, and find the right balance. My name is Gabriel Machelet, and every week you can find two shows of the Better Man Podcast, where in 20 minutes or less, I try to help you to navigate some of the most difficult, challenging questions that us, men, blokes, mates, uh, we feel, right? And no pressure because it's just 20 minutes. Now, before we start, it's a quick disclaimer. I'm not a guru. I'm not a coach. I'm not a counselor. And technically, I'm not even a financial advisor or, I mean, psychotherapist. This is just me and you having a chat about difficult topics like we'll have chat if we one day we meet for a beer. Now, with this intro, let's get started to show number three, talking about once again about divorce and breakup. This is part two of a series of two shows about divorce. So let's get started. Okay, so in the past, in the previous episode, I talked about divorce and and breakup. And as I mentioned before, I have gone through two separate divorces. And so I have like a PhD in failure. And hopefully my failure is going to help you to go through this process that is so extremely difficult, so extremely painful, so extremely challenging for any man. I mentioned seven tips on the last show. If you haven't heard the last show, show number two, stop this one and go back and listen to show number one. Show number two can actually help you. And this one is technically more about the process during the divorce itself. Okay, so in the past, when I went through a divorce, one of the biggest problems is that technically you have no idea where to start. You feel so empty because you lose your identity, you don't know what to do, you miss your kids. I'm going to make tons of reference in this podcast about a divorce with children. If you don't have children, you go through a divorce, it is painful. And I don't want to make this a comparison, but trust me, if there were children involved, it will be 10 times more complex, 10 times more difficult emotionally and even psychologically. So in this case scenario, I'm going to be talking about a divorce like if you had kids. So the number one tip I'm going to give you right now is do not try to be friends of your ex. And potentially you can laugh right now because you're thinking, I'm never going to be friends of her. But one of the things that we do when we're going through a divorce, especially if she stopped the relationship, especially if she left, especially if she has the kids, is we try somehow to be friends with our ex. And we try to make this approach because we believe that we can fix the situation. And what happens is we are so hurt already. We're so emotionally broken that when we try to connect with our ex and we get rejected again, because trust me, you will get rejected, I mean, a thousand times, then that's going to create more and more upsetness. You're going to get more and more frustrated every single time because you're thinking, well, here I am through a divorce, trying my best, trying to literally connect with this person trying to make things better, she doesn't want to make things better. So the first, I mean, the number one tip right now is do not try to be friends of your ex at all. Your job is to engage less. And this is something that I I always write on Facebook groups with single parents is do not engage. And trust me, it's the most difficult thing in the world. The most difficult thing in the world is not to send a text message. And I am the number one example of how not to do it. I used to do it all the time. I still do it sometimes when I get kind of depressed, when I'm lonely, I get to the phone and I'm going to write a message and that is never beneficial. So 
make yourself a note, do not engage, okay, do not try to be friends by any means, okay, do not try to make a connection in a different way because you need time, and this is part of the second point that is accepting the grieving process, there's no way you can actually have any connection with your ex in the next at least two years, and right now with my two ex-wives, I have pretty good relationships, so today, I mean, my second ex-wife sent me messages of my son, today Easter, he woke up, he found the eggs, so I got a few text messages and we're talking about how he's doing, and the same thing was yesterday, and it's, a, it's actually a very friendly relationship. Now, this only happened after there was a grief process, and the grief process needs to be respected. You're not going to bounce back of this in literally six months, not even a year. So the whole part of the number one of being friend of your ex that is kind of like a big thing to ask is never going to happen even in the first place unless you accept the grieving process. And that is where you technically realize, hey, I'm broken and I'm going to be broken for a while. And that's okay. You don't need to fix yourself. This is a very important part. This, this is nothing to be fixed. This is about you surviving in a healthy way during your grieving process, because it's going to happen, okay? Now, number three is so important for males, exactly, I mean, and for males, and men get in trouble based on this one all the time, is do not lose control over your feelings. And here's the deal. This is the most painful experience of your life. You're upset, you miss your kids. Potentially, she got the kids, you don't have the kids, you're going through a legal process. The worst thing you can do right now is to lose control of your feelings, because that is what the other party is expecting, what the legal system may be predicting, and is going to get you just in trouble with the law, with society, with her, with your kids, with everyone. Losing control of your feelings is one of those things that no one rewards. No one tells you, hey, you lost your shit, well done, congratulations, no one. So you have to keep in mind that right now you are in a process that you are walking on eggshells. And these eggshells are eggshells that are in front of you and you kind of know deep inside which eggs are they. So as soon as you lose your, I mean, control of your feelings and that means that you end up screaming, cursing, and making a threat, um, being depressed, um, losing your shit to a point that you start drinking, those kind of actions are the actions that are going to take you to a black hole and it's going to be very difficult to recover of that. Look, you can recover, usually recover from depression is difficult when you're not getting divorced. <laughs> so if you're going to go through that process of getting depressed, of being aggressive while being alone, while not having your kids, while going through a divorce, is going to make it 10 times worse. You are in the worst potential moment a male can experience. Economically, identity, place, I mean, grieving your kids. So your feelings are dying to explode. And this is so important. It's this kind of awareness that is, okay, I'm super depressed. That is accepting grieving. It's going to take a long time. And I feel like exploding all the time. I feel like it's screaming. I feel like running. I feel like crying. I feel like getting drunk with tequila. I don't feel like waking up. I feel like sleeping and watching Netflix and getting fat. Those feelings are perfectly fine. The whole goal is to control them. And number four is kind of interesting is when we try to control our feelings, we tend to 
try to rebound as soon as possible. So number four is go easy with Tinder and the rebound process. And I know what I'm talking about because usually what happens with me is I automatically I need to make that connection with someone else. Now, it's not that I'm interested in the other person. It's that I need that dopamine hit. And let's go a little bit further about this dopamine hit. Is why are we doing it? Well, this is very simple. You are lonely, you're sad, you're lost. And when you go to Tinder and you get a connection, you get a dopamine hit that tells you, hey, one, you're not alone. Two, you're accepted. Three, there's hope. And in reality, that's great. Because, I mean, it means that there's a connection out there. It means that literally people want to talk to you and connections are important. But this is a connection that we're seeking for the wrong reason. You're not seeking the connection of someone that's going to be meaningful in your life for the right reasons. You're doing it because you're lonely and because you don't want to deal with the grieving process. And I know this is so difficult. It's so difficult for every single guy because, look, the fact that we know that we have an app that we can actually log in tonight and there's going to be 300 women that we can swipe to the right and potentially just based on maths, we're going to get someone. It's very tempting. And I'm not saying to you, go out there, connect with women, date and have some fun. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, go easy. Okay, because the constant rebound is always going to open up those wounds. Your wounds are open and you're going to find someone that's going to trigger you because they remind you of your ex or she says something or she treats you the same way. And right now you're thinking, Gabriel, that's not right. I mean, that's not true. I want to go and have fun. I have my shit together. Trust me, you don't. The problem with people that don't have the shit together is that they believe they have the shit together. Okay, otherwise things will be so easy in the world if we were aware that we don't have our shit together. So go easy with Tinder. Go for dates if you want, but don't fall in love all the time. Don't get married all the time. And <laughs> Learn from me right? But even more important is be aware why you're doing it and be aware that a Tinder date is not going to fix you because you need to fix yourself. Now, number five is a very important one that helped me dramatically and is build a weekly and even if you can, a daily routine. And the reason is if you just wake up in the morning and your only point is to watch Netflix, it's going to make it very, very difficult for you to do something meaningful. So you need to do something where you keep yourself busy. Making yourself busy is the best thing you can do. So when I had a breakup and I ended up going to, I was so depressed, literally got depressed after my first marriage, I had a relationship and I broke up. That's the most crazy part. I broke up and then I got depressed. That is a very common thing that happens when you get divorced, that you break up, but then you realize, oh, the other person accepted the breakup. So she broke up with me after I broke up, messy. And I was so depressed that I realized I had to do something. And I ended up going to Spain to walk for 15 days, believe it or not, with my sister, the St. James Path. It's called El Camino Santiago. That is literally, I think, 350 kilometers I did with my sister. I mentioned it in, in show number one. And this path helped me to just be busy. I was so freaking busy walking. I was so tired of walking that it helped me to recover emotionally because I couldn't think, I couldn't be depressed because I was too busy walking. So build a weekly and daily routine is what time I wake up, when am I going to have lunch, almost like in the army. And that's why the army is so beneficial in some cases when people are lost, I've been in the army. Because when you go to the army, what happens is 
everything is set up for you. You don't really have to think a lot. And in many cases, when you're in extreme pain, not thinking is the best thing you can do. The number six is find your place and stop connecting with common grounds on social media. So this is two little points together. And is find your place is, I don't know the situation you're in, but there's some case when they get divorced and they still live together. It's a catastrophe, horrible. But when find your place is, okay, find a place where this is going to be your place, your area of the street, the, your area of the city. I mean, what's going to be your local supermarket now? Don't go to those common places that you guys used to do because those common places are only going to create pain. And one of the things that people do is, oh, we're still friends on Facebook. Horrible idea. Or we still have tons of common friends on Facebook. Not great. I'm not trying to say remove everyone, but I'm saying is make those limits, make those fences in social media and in your everyday life that is going to create a way to protect yourself. So when I got divorced the first time, what we did, it was very unusual, is we divided beaches. We have beach in Australia, of course. And she goes, okay, I'm going to take the kids to this beach and the other beach is yours. And we were doing that so we will not cross paths. And that doesn't apply anymore, obviously. She's not in town, but it was mainly to prevent the discomfort of seeing each other with the kids, knowing that it's their time or my time or me bringing a girlfriend or her bringing a boyfriend. So by you putting these limits, it's only going to be beneficial. It's all about boundaries because when you start putting boundaries, you're starting to rediscover who you are. So having a place that becomes your local supermarket, nothing wrong with that. You don't have to go to the same freaking supermarket you used to go with your with your ex. There's no need. So find the new places out there because trust me, you don't want to revive those things. Those things are always going to wake up the wound. And even after so many years, I still feel sad when I go to places like, oh, I used to come here with my ex, one of my exes, right? So the pain is always going to be, the sadness is always going to be, is how do we manage this sadness in the first year, 18 months? And yes, I said 18 months, so don't freak out. Number seven is is way complex. And this could be a whole, whole, whole podcast of hours and hours. And it's thinking about the overall benefits of the kids. So this is if you have children together. And this is a very difficult part. And this is very emotional. So I'm going to go very light on this because people can get actually upset with me by saying this. But in, in many cases, we're actually doing things that we believe that are the great things for the kids, but it's because it's our ego speaking. So we get upset or we make a decision because we want to win the battle with our eggs. So in custody battles, there's many cases where we go, well, we want this amount of time and we are thinking as men, there's no way I can handle my kids so long or have a full-time job. There's no way I can do this. Or potentially we want to go for full custody and we think, Maybe that's not beneficial for the kids not to see their mom. I mean, clearly I don't know the situation. I don't know what the other person is. But my point is, keep in mind that at the end of the day, you are the adult. You are the one that has all these tools to recover. And your kids don't have that. Now, I come from a divorced family. And I'm so aware of the damage that divorce created on me. So you have to keep in mind that although your mental health is super important. There's one or two or three little people or more in this process that don't have that support and they're completely lost. They have no idea what's going on and they have two adults that potentially 
are literally failing in all these steps that are literally not controlling their feelings. They're not controlling the grieving process. They don't have the boundaries. They're aggressive with each other. And that is not going to be beneficial for the kids. My suggestion is that you constantly revisit that question is, is this the best thing for the kids in the long term? Initially, when we tackle kids, we tend to say as as fathers, they have the right to be with us. And I agree 100%. I'm the biggest supporter of men's right with the fathers. Yes. But the question is, what does that look like? And I'm I'm just going to tell you to be open-minded because initially we battle so hard to get as much custody as possible and the social system, the legal system is so unfair with that. But sometimes you will be better as a man having the kids three days per week and you being the most freaking amazing guy than having the kids five days per week and you be broken. And this is where I'm trying to go here is that you're fighting for your kids, but the time that you spend with your, qu- your kids is not doesn't represent how good dad you are. Trust me, it happened to me initially. Initially, when I started with my boys, I have my boys now full-time, two of them. And the, and the third one, I have him right now maybe 20% of the time, maybe 25% of the time. And it started with 5%. Sounds like crazy. With my two older boys, started by 10%. And now they're full-time. But the interesting thing about this is that the reason why I was okay with that when it happened is because I could see the long-term. So think about the long-term is if you're broken right now, if you're falling apart, that you have the right to be. You are not the best potential dad in the world. You're not the best man in the world. You're not the best date in the world. And if you look yourself in the mirror, you think, oh my God, I'm amazing. You don't feel like that. So... Having your kids potentially less time and you, well, you rebuild yourself is the best thing you can do. Because if you're going to have your kids all the time, as a man that is falling apart, the stress is not going to help. So potentially those are my, my seven tips of this is my second episode of the podcast about divorce. I will stop after this. <laughs> this is not going to be a podcast only about divorce, but it's such a complex topic that I thought having two episodes will be worth it. So let's recap very quickly. Number one is, do not try to be friends of your ex. Please, please don't. <laughs> Accept the grieving process. Number three is, do not lose control over your feelings. Don't lose your shit. Don't get upset. Don't scream. Don't call her names. It's not going to help you. Legally, financially, emotionally. Number four is, go easy with the Tinder dates. Okay, I mean, go for Tinder dates, but don't become an addicted person to Tinder because you're going to find the next crazy person in Tinder or Tinder is going to make you crazy. Number five is build a weekly or daily routine that is based on your goals, on your mental health, on your physical health. Even if it means that you wake up early to prep meals, I don't care. Build a routine. Number six is find your own place and stop connections on social media. It means do not revisit places that were common. Even if you love that restaurant, don't go to a restaurant for one year. Trust me, there's a lot of other restaurants. So discover new places. Do not share those places. And number seven, think about the overall benefit of your kids because that's what we're doing this for. Your kids are the most important thing and your kids need you as a better man. And that's what this show is called, The Better Man Podcast. So that's it. That's it for today. 20 minutes, hopefully, or less. And if you need any help about divorce, 
please go and check the website. Once again, the website is called thebetterman.co backslash divorce. And I also have thebetterman.co backslash show three, where you can actually see the information about this episode. And hopefully it's going to help you during divorce. I'll be talking more about how we can actually empower ourselves to be better man during difficult and challenging times. But if you're going through divorce right now, listen, you're not alone. We have all gone through this and no one has died of divorce, even if sometimes we felt that it was the worst thing in our life. Okay, so more power to you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed the the podcast, why not find the podcast on iTunes and leave a review? I will see you in show number four in a few days. Thank you.